what's up everybody? This is Maggie Reichard and you are listening to Nursing Uncharted, a podcast where we delve into different types of nursing, all different types of nursing. I hope everybody's August is off to a good start. We're filming and recording at the end of July, but this is going to come off uh, August uh, 9th. So if you've tuned into us before, welcome back. And if this is your first time with us, thank you for checking us out. I hope you like it. If you're with us from YouTube and have seen me before, you know that this is not my um, normal backdrop. Uh, I'm still in the process of moving into our new house. And so each week, it seems like my backdrop is getting a little bearer and bearer. <laughs> and uh, I, basically, I'm just in my, this empty apartment now with my desk and my podcast mic. So we can't really get more minimalist than than we are now. <laughs> but um, a lot goes into a new build that we've, I've never had to, you know, experience before. Like they have to dig the lines for the internet. Like we haven't gotten internet set up at the old house or the new house, which is why I'm here. So, but they, yeah, they have to dig the lines. We have to buy a bunch of blinds and, you know, buy a lot of furniture because Matt and I were traveling for four years before we settled into our apartment. So we don't have a house full of stuff. So there's a lot to do and. But we're chugging along. And I'm six months pregnant now. So throw that in the mix. I'm working at like half the normal speed. But um, but it'll all get done. Uh, so that's my life update for you guys. And that's why I'm in such a bare apartment right now. But anyway, today's episode, I think we've gone through this whole podcast so far without tackling arguably the most prevalent, you know, most common heart of inpatient nursing, and that is med surge. Getting into the thick of inpatient nursing today with all things med surge, and we'll also talk a little bit about a lot about um, travel nursing right now too. So here to talk about it with me is actually a dear friend of mine and travel nurse Shannon Yarnoff. Shannon graduated from JMU with me uh, with her BSN in 2014. She's been a nurse for eight years now, working in med surge for her entire career thus far. She's moved up the clinical ladder in a permanent position working as charge nurse, and she obtained her CMSRN, that's the Certified Med Surge RN certification, while she was there. And then I was trying to get her to travel the whole time I was traveling. And then she finally decided to do it. September 2020, she became travel nursing and she completed four assignments so far, working in various med surge and float pool positions. So now she's here with me today. I convinced her to come on the show. So Shan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, it's very good to be here finally. I'm so excited yes, to talk about med surge nursing. <laughs> I know. I don't think we've never actually worked in the same unit, but we've worked in like same facilities and like just kind of, you know, I did acute care for seven years. So we had a lot to, lots to bounce off on. Yeah, we definitely did. I remember (laughs) I walked up to your unit one time and I felt, I was like, because I'd never been up there to neuro. I was like, oh, hey, I did recognize there's a couple people who ended up floating down to med surge. Oh yeah. At some point. I can't remember. It was too gentleman I think it was your oh, yeah. nurse educator I can't remember what his name okay was, but yeah, yeah it was it you know we didn't we never worked together but 
similar well, there's experience. A, there's a lot of different entities of med ser- I guess acute care nursing, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, you can dabble in med surge and like a lot of different, like I started out in neuro, but really it's like a, you know, potpourri of med surge neuro slash, you know, and then like the same goes for med surge. Med surge just like is encompasses, it's everybody. It's like the whole hodgepodge of <laughs> extra people <laughs> other than if you don't fit in another category you go into med search <laughs> honestly though patient wise right it's like i love the variety that it offers so like the first place that i was working you know we only floated to other med surge geriatric and mm-hmm. Um, hemoc floors as a med mm-hmm. surge nurse and then we got a new chief nursing officer and she changed everything where every nurse could float to every floor and mm-hmm. honestly I was pretty nervous about that I didn't really like that because like for the idea of neuro you know neuro nurses go through extensive training on neuro assessments and I mean I know my yeah. my basic neuro assessments and stuff and my abilities you know to see if someone's having a stroke or has had a stroke. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like the difference in that made me a little nervous, but then yeah. I realized, you know, when we started floating everywhere that I was like, I feel really prepared actually being a med surgeon nurse. Cause I've seen a lot of these things, but it's, you know, not necessarily an acute issue. It's a past issue, but yeah. they still are suffering from the same things. It's just, they've been suffering with them for longer. So yeah, I really, I was surprised at how much being in the med surge setting had helped when I started yeah. floating around. You really are a jack of all trades because you, yeah, it's totally right. Like, you know, everybody has like heart histories or, you know, it's like you don't have to be on a cardiac floor per se to, you know, have heart history. You could be on for, you know, a diabetic problem, but you have like all of this extra cardiac stuff going on or like a history of a stroke. Like you've taken care of you know, patients with psych issues, neuro issues, cardiac, it's not just in there for, you know, GI and diabetes and wounds. And there's, there's all these, yeah. Yeah. Or like somebody just had like a hip replacement and they're like back for, you know, a wound. Right. Like their wound, you know, like you're like, Oh, okay. Well, you're a fresh hip. Right. Post-op hip basically, but technically you're you're here because your wound isn't connected anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So how has, so what have you done so far with traveling? Like what different units have you done? Well, initially I started my travel career in neuro, which I I know I talked to you a lot about that because I was so nervous. You know, neuro is my (laughs) least favorite only because just when a neuro patient gets sick, they go downhill quickly, you know? So Mm -hmm. I was just really concerned about, you know, being able to, accurately like assess identify yeah right and they just are they're like little you know subtle changes sometimes yeah it's like you know a difference in a pupil or suddenly they're like "Mm, right here on my face feels like a little bit numb you're like okay (laughs) (laughs) you know just a small about that yeah Yeah. (laughs) or you know it's so funny too i learned in that um on that assignment (laughs) just the way you phrase a question is so important because, you know, for me, as a med surge nurse, I'm like, oh, do you have numbness and tangling like neuropathy in your hands and in your feet? Mm-hmm. But on neuro, it's more like numbness and tingling in the way of, you know, 
strokes, any sort of other neurological deficit. Yeah. And like the Compression, way you have to or like test hematomas it. after surgery. Or, right. Yeah. And it's so interesting because like if I'm like, oh, do you have numbness and tingling in your hands or in your feet? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, like, can you feel this when I touch your foot? And they're like, no, I can't feel anything in my foot. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, like great, got you. Like, okay. Like, I've been able to feel it for years or ever since my stroke. I da, da, da. And you're like, okay, interesting. So I learned that. Quickly. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I worked in neuro my first assignment, and then um I then worked on a med search floor again. Mm. I switched back to neuro not necessarily like the job I think was listed as med surge. But when I interviewed, actually they said, Oh, it's a neuro floor. I was like, like okay, no. here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I like, just because I put neuro that I had my first assignment in neuro, suddenly I'm this like neuro expert. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. So yeah. I did that. And then I switched back to med surge, but my last assignment was med surge float pool, which was a whole okay. new ball game. Yeah. How'd yeah. you like that? You know, <laughs> I liked it, but it was, it was more challenging to like build relationships. You know, with traveling, sometimes yeah. it can be hard to like meet people and mm -hmm. remember people's names <laughs> and like figure out who you can ask questions to that really like know the system and know, yeah. know what they're doing. So I found that to be more challenging with the flow mm -hmm. pool, but honestly, like I really enjoyed seeing the different kinds of patients. And if you had a challenging patient group, you know, it really made me feel good that when I went back the next day, there's a possibility I wouldn't have that. Yeah. Um, that was my I, favorite part about floating too. Like I could just, it really truly was like, you're doing your 12 and then you're going home and you're helping out the unit. And most of the time, you know, people are happy to see you because you're like extra help for the day, you know? Right. So like that was actually, that, that was nice. Everybody was, you know, Sometimes I feel like there's a little bit of a difference between like float pool versus travelers in like the culture sometimes, or like when it comes to permanent staff, I feel like maybe like float pool is like a little more better received if there's been like negative, like, you know, culture of travelers or something there. But yeah. like, if you're like, oh, I'm coming from the float pool, they're like, ah. Oh. So happy to see you. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome. I appreciate your yeah. time, your effort. Like, come yeah. in. <laughs> that's but a very, like, that's true. Yeah. So I, I liked, I remember that liking just like if you had a hard patient, you knew like, well, I don't, I'm going to be somewhere else, you know, tomorrow. Right. And honestly, you know, it was, it was kind of cool because I'd leave the hospital and I, because for my orientation, I did a short period of time on each unit. So I did about four hours on six different units. Oh, wow. And that wasn't all the places that I floated, but those were like a general group of the ones that I normally went to. So I like was able to work uh, with a preceptor. I knew that one person. I was able to meet, you know, who the charge nurses were. So I thought, you know, as much as it's like, you don't build necessarily that like super strong bond, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of the people in the yeah. hospital. So let's say I just like happened to go to another floor and I'm like, Oh, I recognize somebody like that was kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You, you know, everybody's face, mm -hmm. you like remember everybody's face. I'm like that person is helpful. <laughs> yes. I like, I like them. <laughs> and yeah. it's cool too, because this, um, the last place I worked had two badges. So you'd have like 
a badge on both sides. So their badge was never flipped. So I could always see people's names. <laughs> oh, that's great. Cause that's yeah. always the worst when you're yeah. like, I don't, I remember your face. I don't remember your name. And the badge is flipped and you're like, that was my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really smart idea to put like on either side. So like whenever it's flipped. Yeah. Cause I hate that too. Even, right. I mean, there's just so many people that work in a hospital. You could be in a permanent position. You're like, man, I really wish I, like, I should know that person's name. You know, it's like been so long. I should know their name. Right. It's like you see and meet so many people. And it's like, honestly, it just, sometimes it just blends together. You're like, oh, were you on the seventh floor, the eighth floor? Were you on the sixth floor? I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, I know you, but I don't, can't place yeah. you. We'll be right back to our interview. Grab a cup of coffee, but don't go anywhere because we want to talk to you about our podcast partner, American Mobile. No matter your specialty, American Mobile has endless travel nursing opportunities. With the largest clinical team of all staffing agencies, American Mobile is ready to support you in achieving your career goals. To learn more about the benefits of American Mobile, like higher earning potential, premium health coverage, and 401k matching, Make sure to visit AmericanMobile.com to speak with a recruiter. Again, visit AmericanMobile.com to discover your next travel nursing adventure. Now back to the show. So how do you feel like you've liked traveling so far, transitioning over? Do you feel like pretty confident in your traveling abilities now, like after four assignments? I do, actually. And like, Honestly, in my mind, you know, like you talked about at the beginning, you know, you've been trying to kind of convince me to go travel for a long time. And yeah. I just, I was nervous and I didn't, I felt confident in my skills, but I just, I didn't know if I would be able to be as like as flexible and being able to like yeah. respond in brand new situations with brand new everything. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm very particular about where I travel, you know, I pick certain facilities based on yeah the research that I do on those facilities, but mm -hmm. generally speaking, I love traveling. <laughs> I think it's so great. And as a staff nurse, you know, I really, I very much enjoyed being involved in the unit. You know, I was a nurse yeah. educator for like a short time before I started yeah. traveling and I, I was involved in committees and stuff like that. And I really enjoyed as a staff nurse, like being involved in change and being involved in um, improving things on the unit. Mm -hmm. but as a traveler, I really feel like my work-life balance has been much improved. Yeah. And yeah, it's like you take, you can take time off. Like currently I'm between assignments. I have one lined up, but I had time. I was in Washington state and I was able to travel around and see Washington. I took a road trip with my travel buddy and um, mm -hmm. her and I saw Mount Rushmore. We went to the Badlands National Park. Like, we saw some of our other travel nurse friends that were in Wisconsin. Like yeah. we just did a lot of fun things. And, and I feel like when I was a staff nurse, I kind of lived to work almost. I used to pick up a lot of shifts. I was just really mm -hmm. involved and I loved that aspect. But right now, you know, I go to my, I go to work. I like do my 12 hours. I do take the best care of my patients I possibly can. And I go home and I enjoy the area I'm in. Yeah. It gives you so much freedom. So it just, I mean, you remember that you don't have to work to live or live to work. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like 
you know, you get to go see the area and like go hang out with people or like take a couple weeks between assignments, just, you know, completely detached from, you know, responsibilities at work. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's really cool too, because I'm on the day shift for this assignment and I've been rotating before or strictly nights. Yeah. And I, I mean, I really honestly do feel like my, my days off have been much improved by that. I do miss, you know, the camaraderie of night shift and, um, you know, that kind of aspect. I feel like when I've been on assignments on night shift, like I've been really close with my coworkers because they're who you have, you know, like they're your people for those 12 hours. And like, you have a little bit more time to kind of when you're charting, you know, sit next to somebody and during the day, everybody's frazzled running around. There's always so much, so many people really overstimulating. (laughs) Yeah. I will say, I feel like I get to know more travelers as a traveler than I do like permanent staff. Like I feel like in every assignment I was at, I would always like the friend that I would like keep in touch with was like always a fellow traveler. Mm-hmm. Like, I like, cause I know I remember when you were, oh, I can't remember. It was a couple, like a year ago, but you brought one of your traveler friends when you were traveling. And I think I was still staff at the time. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Like I want to make friends like that, you know? And when I was a staff nurse, seeing other travelers, like I do have one friend that I still keep in touch with who was a traveler, who actually I went to go visit in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a traveler and we ended up becoming friends. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a more challenging. I think it's because people know that you're temporary. So it's hard to yeah put in like a lot of effort towards that because they know you'll be leaving. Sure. Um, but also I think when... Travel nurses have similar ideas, I guess. You know, obviously mm-hmm. travel nursing is very good for the money, but also the travel aspect, which I really enjoy. Yeah. And I think, you know, I guess I know you did a lot when you were traveling, like saw so many great places, did a lot of really fun things. And other travelers have that same mindset. Yeah. So being able to like meet them, they're like, hey, I don't know anybody else here. Like, if you want to do something, I'm down. Like, let's go. I feel like that that culture has shifted a little bit since COVID because there's been a lot of or have you noticed a lot of people that like live in the state or like from the area that are are like traveling kind of locally? Because I feel like there was a lot like when I was traveling. Yeah, you're right. Like we went all over the U.S. Like I went to New York, Florida, Denver, you know, D.C. But like, you know, now it's like very common to you know, like, like live in the state or like, you know, greater than 55 miles away, but then, you know, go to another, another hospital. And I feel like the culture is probably a little bit different there versus like the traveler that like what you're doing right now too, just kind of like bopping around the U S. I think, you know, honestly, now that you kind of bring it up, I have kind of noticed that, mm-hmm. um, it depends on where I am. So yeah. in, my assignment in Washington, I feel like a lot of the travelers for, were from a variety of different places. But, mm-hmm. you know, Washington is a destination for the summer. And I was there, you know, mm-hmm. kind of around a summertime. So sure. they were like just from everywhere, pretty much all the travelers yeah. were from a large variety of places. Um, when I was in doing an assignment in North Carolina, almost everybody was local, like a local traveler. <laughs> So that is interesting because, yeah, yeah I, I did notice that it, it's, it is a little different with making friends because, you know, they have their families there and a lot of mm-hmm. people do local traveling because of significant others, because yeah. of family. Um, 
so I did, I did notice a little bit more of it there. And I think it is a little bit more challenging to kind of build relationships with people when they already have their people. Sure. Sure. Uh, I mean, granted when I was in North Carolina, since I'm yeah. in Virginia, you know, it was a little easier for me because yeah. I could come home if I needed to. It definitely seems more accessible. Traveling is definitely more accessible to people now because you are, you know, that, that has become very common where you can, you know, live relatively close, but still have that kind of traveler like lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. I like, I like that idea. Yeah. And I like, have you seen, have you seen a difference? I'm just, because this is just something that I remember that I thought I picked up on in the patients from the East coast versus the West coast. Do you like see, I just remember like Midwest patients, I felt like were so nice. <laughs> like they <laughs> like they were still, they could still be sick as snot, you know, like they, like I was working in like a transplant, liver transplant unit and there were people with like meld scores of 40 and, you know, they were like ETOH, like, you know, drug abusers and they were still like you know, thank you so much. <laughs> you know, like they were you're like, still you are very so nice. sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but like, you're you, welcome. <laughs> you're like, this is a very nice. And then the East Coast, everybody is just like so ornery. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen a little bit of it. You know, I, it's also different with big cities. Like, for example, I can't imagine when you were in yeah. New York, you probably got a lot of the um, more challenging. I feel yeah. Like. It depends. I think in, I think cities are totally, yeah. It, because you get such an array of people and there's just, I mean, when people are just like on top of each other, like nobody's in a good mood. I feel like yeah. versus like, actually, I think there's a difference between university hospitals and community hospitals that way in, was in my experience. Have you done, which have you done community hospitals or have you stuck to like university trauma ones? I usually, so I've only been maybe to one tr- level two trauma center, but I try and stick with level one trauma centers just because that's what I'm familiar with. Um, mm. And with traveling, you know, there's so many different things. I like to keep certain things consistent. Um, so sure, that sure. is one of those things I like to. So, but I've heard from a lot of different travel nurses about the community, um, like community hospital kind of process. Um, yeah. For med, for med surgery, I know it's very challenging. So, <laughs> yeah, it's challenging in different ways. I, like from a patient perspective, I think almost because community hospitals have less resources, and this is just what I experienced, but because they have less resources, I think patients that go there sometimes have more of an understanding that things aren't going to happen immediately. Like you have some, I mean, you know, the hospitalists don't stay in the hospital overnight. Like they're all on call. So like if they want to talk to a doctor, they have to wait until the morning or like if they want, you know, pain medicine or something like, and it needs to be ordered. It's like not going to happen immediately. Stuff like that versus at a, at a university hospital when like everything is at your fingertips. I think people get more impatient in that environment because like we do like try to, like we are held to a certain standard, like we're always trying to do better. And I think like, in a sense, it's almost like, you know, you have a little bit, you know, better or more 
I don't know, technologically savvy and uh, maybe better care at a university hospital, but the patients like patients for you, I feel like is there's like a inverse correlation yeah. there. <laughs> I could definitely see that being the case. 100%. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I think that's like what you were saying is incredibly accurate. You know, like they understand that, you know, things get done. It's just that it gets done at the pace of like what we're able to do at the hospital. And yeah, I think, you know, the patients generally speaking are more acutely ill if they're coming to a higher level trauma center. Yeah. Um, so maybe there's that expectation there that things get done faster. You're right. The like higher level of technology, generally speaking in hospitals that are bringing in more money, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that. Yeah, but, you know, honestly, I have never worked also in the, the Midwest, so I can't speak to that either. But um, I can imagine that being the case that everybody's nice there. Yeah. <laughs> but but you're know, in, it, in your experience, they're all pretty. <laughs> it's so hard. I mean, we have a lot of places we go, like, don't have psych units. So med surge mm. becomes the psych unit. Oh, yeah. Um, just because people, you know, are in, let's say they're in for acute psychosis or they're in for um, behavioral disturbance in their dementia and they were hitting people at the nursing home, you know, like that kind mm. of stuff. Um, and you're like, perfect. It, yeah. <laughs> so to like, oh. <laughs> Honestly, though, I will tell you, being a med surgeon nurse, like managing behavioral problems and issues and being able to like recognize behavioral escalation has been like, just, I have just become so much better at that. Yeah. You know, just being at like risk assessment and stuff like that. And I feel like since mm-hmm. we see a lot of those different diagnoses, like any sort of infection, like you're just a urinary tract infection with a history of uh, a psychiatric illness, it can just get exacerbated with this illness. Even if like, if someone has an increasing age, you know, yeah, um, or things like that, or if someone's medicines are for some reason messed up because like their kidneys aren't doing very well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, their levels have built up and there's problems there. Yeah. Um, So it's just hard. It's hard really. There's a lot of very kind people in med surge, like patients, everybody, some people are so awesome, you know, and everywhere. And there are some people who are more challenging. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I I don't know if that's necessarily a hundred percent specific to med surge, but I do know we've seen some, you think, so I mean, people. I would argue that it is, you know, in a sense where a lot of people come in for altered mental status because of an infection. I mean, like, you know, we can go into like actually different reasons why people are, you know, categorized into med surge, but like, you know, a lot of it is sepsis, mm-hmm. you know, and elderly patients don't do well with sepsis as far as, mm-hmm. you know, mental status, like you said, UTIs. It's like one of the main reasons as soon as like a elderly patient is confused, it's like, like, the oh. main, yeah, like mm, <laughs> maybe we should get a urine, you know, right. <laughs> that, um, yeah, known, yeah, I could totally see, you know, it's interesting because like I've, I, I think acute care nurses probably are some of the best people that are able to navigate those situations, um, behavioral de-escalations, just because a lot of times in, you know, procedural areas, they don't have to deal with that very often. ICUs, a lot of times, 
you know, people are intubated, sedated, you know, you don't, you don't have, most people aren't, oh, well, a lot less people are awake in those situations. So like you, you know, as an acute care nurse, see everyone and, you know, in every point and stage in their <laughs> life, whether they're, you know, acutely ill and confused, or they might be like honorary because they're waiting on, you know, dispo going and rehab or we just don't have a plan for them. And that's, that's super frustrating in itself. <laughs> you know, what do you, do you feel like there's, do you have any, it's a hot, it's a really hard thing to navigate, especially as a new nurse too. Do you oh, feel yeah. like you gravitate towards, you know, acting in a certain way for those patients or how do you feel like, like what works for those you know, like behavioral escalating? It's so dependent. Like you really have to feel it out. And honestly, a lot of it's trial and error, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Um, but that kind of is one of those things that I pass on a report. Like, let's say I've just, I was, a patient was admitted to me. Um, and I've noticed certain things escalate them. I'll pass mm -hmm. it on a report. Like, Hey, just so you know, like if I ask these or like a lot at my past assignment, there was a patient who, when you'd ask a lot of questions, he would start to escalate his behavior and mm -hmm. start yelling. Um, so, you know, if you needed to go in and ask a question, you make sure to prioritize your questions that you really need answered at the beginning. And then when mm. he starts, well, you can, you know, you could tell cause he start, would start like becoming louder, kind of look like staring at you and you're like, okay, I think now is a time to pause and I will <laughs> leave and I will be yeah. back or certain patients like to have like that comforting voice, you know, the calm. Okay. Yeah tell me what's going on. Like, let's sit down. Some patients need a little firmer of a hand. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, you know, it's an unfortunate situation, you know, if you're dealing with, cause I know you've had a lot of patients who've had TBIs and like, it's a similar mm -hmm. kind of situation, you know, you have to yeah. feel out kind of what's working in this moment, you know, what has worked in the past, kind of like navigating that. Yeah. Um, so it's really so dependent. Like I had a patient one time who he was like doing final days started kind of getting a little more confused and agitated and we'd been it had a really good relationship for most of the day but he was not listening to me and I was like oh you need to get it back in bed elderly gentleman gave him a call um and he had a urinary tract infection and so you know I I come in there and the charge nurse had been helping me because he had had behavioral issues in the past and the charge nurse mm -hmm. was male and he came in, was trying to help me. And the patient's sitting on the side, get him out of the room. You're not talking to him, you know? And he's been helping me all day. And I turned to him, I was like, sir, to the charge nurse. I'm like, sir, you need to get out of this room immediately. <laughs> and, and he looked at me so confused. He was like, what? Like, I'm here to help you. Yeah, like, oh, okay. Cause he's like yelling at you right now. And the second I did that, the patient like listened to me, like got back in bed. It's just like, that's what he wanted. Like he wanted to like, I don't know, control something or didn't want him in there. And so that de-escalated him, which is, it's so funny. Like in just the look on the charger's face, like, what? Like, <laughs> like what, what tactic are we using right now? <laughs> you want to be alone with this guy? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, please remove yourself from this that reminded me of um something i saw the other day when it's like my dement like fighting my 
dementia like my dementia patient was afraid like somebody was in her room and like you see this guy like air punching the you know like <laughs> beating up this like whoever was in the room and the patient's like oh like they're getting them <laughs> I think I saw something similar where it was like that kind of situation and it was this nurse who's like okay sir let me put this oxygen back in your nose <laughs> I think it's that her. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. You do have to, yeah, figure out different, different tactics and things. And sometimes they don't work. Like I had one, I remember one guy that I don't remember. I think he was a ground level fall. He was a neurosurgery patient and he was had a hematoma maybe, but normally like older, maybe mid sixties, maybe seventies, but normally like completely normal and like relatively healthy 70 year old but he was like very confused in the hospital and he had a loving family around him all the time and you know always they're like mortified when you have like a normal (laughs) human acting (laughs) so crazy in the hospital but I remember he was just like being so nasty and I like pouted (laughs) <laughs> like said something he's like don't pout at me why are you pouting at me <laughs> i was like oh okay well maybe this like <laughs> this approach okay. was like not not working <laughs> but yeah I don't know. but you, maybe it would have worked you just really never know sometimes i don't know i tend to go more on like the um like soft kind of soothing I like try to come in because I don't really know how to be any, any other way. That's very you, like just the calm. (laughs) I like try to, yeah. And you know, sometimes that doesn't work though. And you just have to, you have to know like, okay, this is escalating a little bit more and I need to switch gears and call other people in. Yeah, that's true. Knowing when to use your resources is absolutely so important Mm -hmm. in nursing in general and like a lot in NSERGE. And it's like, Honestly, I feel like I've developed a lot of a lot more of a backbone. I mm-hmm. feel like before I started, I was more okay, you know, whatever. Yeah. And now, if I need something, I'm gonna ask like for it, <laughs> and I need, yeah. you know, I'm like okay, like if I need a patient to do something or if I need something from somebody else, you know, I'm gonna be nice about it. But you have to be direct yeah. sometimes because things can get misconstrued. Um, so mm-hmm. I've actually found that to be relatively successful in certain situations. Yeah. Both, like, I feel like you must, I mean, you end up getting a backbone or being assertive in what you need because like, there's no time to mm-hmm. kind of beat around it. A lot of times, like one of the things I think that people gain the most from acute care and med surge is their ability to juggle so many different things and like prioritize different things. Like that oh. served me really well when I moved to ICU. It's like, I already had all of that prioritization down packed. I can do a bunch of things at once. You know, like that's, I think that's one of the hardest things in med surge as is getting that kind of routine in to be able to do so much in a small amount of time. Right. And being flexible too, you know, and like trying to understanding that priorities at the beginning of the shift might not be priorities in the middle of the shift or at the end of the shift, things change, Mm -hmm. you know? And every day you come in, oh, well, patient's blood sugar is 60, or you come in, oh, well, the patient who has came in for a COPD exacerbation hasn't gotten their NEB treatment all night because it says, like, while awake, and they've been sleeping all night, 
and they're wheezy and short of breath in the morning. You know, it's like, you just can't know what your day is going to show you. And like your priorities just have to be flexible and changing. And I know in intensive care, it's probably, you know, your patient's fine when you get there in the morning. And for some reason, something like, let's say like a lab's weird. I don't know. Like They're like fine. Sounds, you try and fluff them as much as possible at like six forty-five, and like for you know sick <laughs> patients, it's like okay. I've really tried to fluff them, and I think it'll last maybe thirty minutes. Right. <laughs> and then they will, you know, then your day is gonna start and you know get going. But the same with med surge too. I mean, you start fluffing people at like five thirty, and then you know, you have four or five people to do that for. And then you like go back around and they're like, you know, all the way yeah. in the end of the bed and they're everywhere. And like, <laughs> like all the blankets naked. are everywhere. Why? Yeah. Why are we <laughs> like, naked? I like, promise they were not like this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I have proof. I was like me and the tech went in there and like situated turns, like cleaned. Everything <laughs> looks great. Like gown tied, like perfect. <laughs> Like on the pillow, yeah, one leg's over the side rail, like oxygen's <laughs> off. You're like, Telly, like two of the leads are like in random points. And you're like, how did you do this in a matter like, of like a couple minutes? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's fascinating. But the nurse coming time. on is like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I, I really swear. tried. There's, <laughs> there's no... That's another, that's another good TikTok too. Like there's, this is the voice where it's like, they're like giving report and you know that song like it's been a long day (laughs) but somebody screams like it's been a long day (laughs) because they're like giving report and the nurse is like you didn't get anything done and then she like says that i'm like that's so accurate right (laughs) i had so many things that i was trying to get done today and just don't judge me for the things that i didn't get done or it's like, you know, you end a shift, you give report and you're like, did I do anything? Like, but you've been moving all day. I mean, yeah. constant mids, constant everything, very mm-hmm. maintenance, like wound dressings, getting them up, walking like up to the chair, working with therapy, going to procedures. And you give a report and you're like, what did uh, I do today? Yeah. Like, how was I so busy all day with all of these people? Like, it doesn't feel, you know, I don't yeah. know. I just like had that feeling sometimes where I'm like, I know that I did a lot but like it doesn't show for it like that's it it's all that I've learned is a like coping mechanism for like our our brains like we shut down or something like something we like block after if you go after a 12-hour shift and you can't remember anything that you did that day that's like a stress response like a trigger or like you're responding to you just like your brain has been constantly on and on and on and it cannot like retain anything else yeah it's like at its capacity for functioning you're like okay I have done absolutely everything you know sometimes when I get off of work or I used to you know I'd be picked up um and like my boyfriend would pick me up and he would have the music playing because you know he got off of whatever he was doing earlier you know, we get off at 730. So, and sometimes later than that, you know, 8, 830. And so his mm-hmm. music would be playing or he's like, how's your day? And I was just like, mm, can we mm-hmm. not just, I need just quiet. <laughs> turn Let's turn it you. down. Like I can't, I'm just so overstimulated by like the sheer amount of tasks and people. Like I can't, Yeah, it's even just like the music or like talking about my day. Like I appreciate, I want to talk about my day, but like I need just like a minute. 
to yeah. cover. <laughs> Sometimes I walk through the door and I just want to like, you know, let down my entire day. Sometimes I just don't want to talk about it at all. Like, you know, there's just, <laughs> it just depends. Yeah. And honestly, it's like, I mean, I think talking to people who also like understand your situation, like your nursing friends or mm-hmm. um, like listening to, you know, a nursing podcast, something where like people know the, what you're going through. I just feel like people who like don't understand what we experience on a daily basis, it's really yeah. hard for them to kind of, and that's not saying everybody's that way. Like some people are very empathetic to the, you know, what we do. Um, but I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of like misconceptions about nursing and for people who are not like super familiar with nursing, it can be hard to relate to like the kind of yeah. interactions we have on a daily basis and the things we have to deal with. It's just, yeah, you know, talking to those people that understand that, oh, that helps so much, you know, especially on days like that where you're just like, I don't really want to talk to anybody, but if I do want to talk to somebody, it's got to be like somebody who knows what's up, <laughs> what I'm yeah. going through, like directly. For sure. I know. I feel like, you know, dinners with other nurses are so great. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) It's so much fun, you know, just going like, just talking through different situations and like what happened and your, you know, what situations you got caught in and. Yeah. Cause the stuff we see, I mean, you cannot, like, yeah. You can't make some of this stuff up that we see on a regular basis. <laughs> People are wild. Like, <laughs> and like in the do best way. Do you have any, oh, do you have any like, like, I don't know, top, top five, like stories about like med surge stories about wild people? I mean, it's so, it's so hard to think about because like a lot of them are not necessarily like the most appropriate, but I remember this one patient I had who just was very um, eccentric. She'd like see people in her room. She was always yelling, screaming, always naked. Um, but I remember we it's had always. a CF, CF patient. So like, you know, younger, more physically functional. She was a so was, CF patient? No, no, no. We had another one on the unit who was walking around the unit. And this oh. one patient who was like, she came, she was like, came in because she popped out the bushes. Um, I think kids who were getting off the school bus or something like along those lines. It was very like disturbing. And then uh, she came out. was like, that lady either needs to go to jail or the hospital. (laughs) Right. We're like, we're not really sure what is going on here, but she rolled out her tray table. She's totally naked rolling out of her room with her table. Cause she's, I mean, she walks, you know, she's pretty functional just like her mind. There's some crazy stuff going on in there. So she's naked walking with her tray table out to the unit. We're like, oh, and then CF patient, poor thing, was walking by with her cute little husband. They were so sweet. And I was like, um, can you go the other way? I'm so sorry. We have like a situation. <laughs> she's like so taken aback. <clears throat> like for us, I feel like there's always nudity. Like everybody just for some reason gets confused and wants to take their clothes off. And it's like just a fascinating experience. And that same lady, she was with us a really long time and like, it was Christmas time and we took her out and she's sitting next to the tree because we had a little tree on our unit and she was singing Christmas carols Oh my god! or we'd have like other confused patients who would come out. We'd, you know, do morning huddle <laughs> and I was charged one day and one of the really confused, like pretty behavioral patients and his sitter were out in the hall walking. This was prior to COVID. Um, mm-hmm. But 
he he's like participating in our morning huddle, just standing there <laughs> with sitter. I was like, and this is um this patient, and this is, you know, because <laughs> we have to talk four. about like beha- yeah behavioral <laughs> issues. I'm like, mm, and this is for right here, so have a great see. day. <laughs> It's like that kind of stuff. Like these people, it's just so, the things that run through people's minds are, it's just so interesting. And like, I don't know. It's it's kind of fun and cool. Like we just, you would never know people like this. Like we see it all the time. Well, and like you, you would never meet people like this because people don't function like this outside of the hospital. (laughs) Like the only reasons that they are like so wild is because they have some acute thing going on that's inside the hospital. Like, so (laughs) it's like, we, we are this collective group of people that see the craziest bits of, you know, normal people. And we, you know, that's just part of the job. There was, there is one, I remember one woman also like loved to walk around the unit. She was older, I think probably in her seventies. And she had like rapidly progressing Alzheimer's. I think it came on like fairly quickly. And so her family was still kind of starting to like cope with everything. It's like trying to like, you know, figure out what's going on. So they were very involved and responsive and you could tell this woman was like a you know normal you know person before maybe a couple months before and then I think she maybe got an infection on top of that so she was just like all over the place and very behavioral for a while and just like you know ornery and but we we got her I think I had her kind of where she was like not combative, but just kind of just ornery. And I remember there was, and very confused. And we were walking around the the unit and somebody was like, oh, so-and-so, where are you off to? And she's like, we're going to get cigarettes. Bring your ass. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no, no, we're not. We're not doing that. We are just walking around the unit. (laughs) That is hilarious. We're going to get cigarettes. Okay, no. <laughs> yeah, just that's the best. People, or like, say. I'm telling you, sometimes too with like confused patients. You know, <clears throat> I'm sitting there with this detox there one time, and he's talking about go into the mailbox. He's got to like get out there, cross the street. You know, right out there, talking mm-hmm. about all sorts of random things he needs to be doing. So you know, I'm texting the doctor. I don't have any PRNs available because it's clearly like a you no. Know, delusions like we're kind of hallucinating a little bit there's a lot going Mm on oh he's talking all just out his head so crazy and I called the doctor I was like hey can you like come to the bedside you know it's important that you kind of see what I'm seeing because he's going to need some more out of van and he came to the bedside and what is this patient talking oh I'm in the hospital when he's telling me he's at his house or he's at the post Mm -hmm. office oh yeah I'm in the hospital um it's you know whatever year it is like totally functional i'm like where did that come from when you've been acting (laughs) up because i was on the night shift so of course you know yeah it's a whole different ball game so this doctor's like why did you call me i'm like 
Oh, this is like the one time and <laughs> that he's been functional. Like maybe it's the you know you're wearing this white coat. It's the like white coat. Sort of, yeah, and he's like, oh, I need to like be on my best behavior. And he leaves, and then he's talking about the doctor leaves, and we're talking about all crazy things again. I'm like, like, take your coat off and come back in here. I know. I'm like, please, I <laughs> need some, you to see what I'm seeing. Put some scrubs with a little nursing bed and come back in here. Right. I'm like, please, because it is just wild. I'm like, how you show him. Show him what you've been showing me. Like, that's what I need to see. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I know when patients are like, or if patients are in a lot of pain, they're like really, you know, moaning and groaning and, and can't get comfortable. And they're like complaining to you and like, you don't have anything. And then you call the team and they come in and they're like, yeah, I mean, eh, it's uncomfortable. I'm like, no, oh. <laughs> you tell them. <laughs> How you been? I've been watching you in all of this agony all day. Like you are going to tell him how you feel right now. <laughs> it's honestly like, it's just wild. And, or like, you know, they come in and they'll see the patient for like one part of the day. Oh, you know, in the note behavior has been great. And like, I have been stopping. I'm like, please get back in bed. Like, please don't do this. Like, please keep your telly leads on, you know, like every two seconds. Okay. You're desatting. You took your oxygen off. Like, you, know, yeah. you can't get up out of bed. You can't, you know, we can't walk the halls every two seconds. Like you can't put weight on this foot, you know, certain things. And mm-hmm. they come in, oh, patient's been doing great today. I'm like, have they? <laughs> or have I just been like troubleshooting this whole day? Like, okay, please sit down. Okay. Uh, you know, please don't poop on the floor. Like, please don't. Oh my gosh. The last place I was at, I was dying. He was a, I think he was a detoxer. And it, uh, he was actually a great personality, but like clearly... <laughs> doing some drugs he had his <laughs> urinal right there and he looked over and he has it penis out just pee in it's like a fountain and we're just watching from the nurse's station and then there's another patient who's walking around and like looks into the room oh my god i was like oh my gosh this is so embarrassing i'm like <laughs> because the layout of the unit was it was like a circle so all the patient rooms were around it yeah. Um, so you weren't, you know, and he's laying in his bed, so his alarm's not going off. Like he's just doing, <laughs> he's just peeing right there on the floor. Is like, why you have your urinal? Like why? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just like the uh. the joys and glories of being a nurse. You're like, wow. <laughs> the what? stories, like, the yeah. stories, I would say, are the best in med surge. Because mm-hmm. there's really, yeah, you meet all different walks of life. And in the, I guess I, I really miss that about the ICU in a sense, because like you don't have, everything is very, you know, like, like you're on, they're very critical, you know, people are really sick, even when they're awake, they're still very sick. So like, you know, you don't get those, those just like <laughs> insane <laughs> stories that you do at Red Surge that just like, you know, only in nursing type stories. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh. But I mean, I think what's cool too about med surge is that there are like some patients who are a little more acutely ill. And then you have your patients who are mm-hmm. here for like your, you know, more, you could have psychiatric illness, you could have just wounds, you could have all sorts of things. So it's really cool to be able to like balance that kind of stuff. Is it crazy sometimes? Absolutely. Like yeah. dealing with someone who's like, you know, whose heart rate's up in the 160s because they're, you know, septic and you're trying to balance that while, you know, your other patient's climbing up out of bed and like trying to get crazy or one patient's trying to leave AMA, this person. It's just, there's so many 
And then you've got your like one chill patient. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. we're... well, thank goodness for you. <laughs> but it's like, I just think that is like such a fun, it's so stressful sometimes, but like, I mean, you're going, going, going all day. Your day flies. Like, yeah, it does. And so it's a kind of a cool thing because I know like they're, you know, less sick than they are in intensive care, rightly mm-hmm. so. But like you do have those times when like your patient starts like go- decompensating, you know, and they're still on yeah. your floor and you have to deal with it. You know, they're like suddenly altered or they're like somnolent and you're, oh, kind of digging into like, why, you know, oh, they haven't used their CPAP in a couple weeks at home. And then, yeah. you know, like, let's get an ABG. So like that, you know, that kind of like fun stuff accompanied with your like funny stories is kind of cool. You know, yeah. it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you, you know, with it medically. Yeah. You're like, wow, I could do so many random things, but it's really <laughs> cool and fun and it keeps my day interesting. <laughs> You see, yeah, you see, yeah, you really, you get all of it. You see all of it in med search. You really are, end up being jack of all trades. I think that that's, I mean, I, I was about to say something about <clears throat> new grads, like, you know, coming into med search first before going other places. I think that there is like a, there's so many benefits to coming into med surge first, you know, but like also I'm, people fly like by going to different, you know, procedural areas too, or ICU and stuff. But there is something to be said, I think about being able to see all of it to get so much experience in like prioritization and, you know, just seeing all of the different like diagnoses and, and different types of people that come in, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely a truth there that you learn a lot if you start in med surge. I agree. And honestly, like, it's very stressful. And I know, you know, I've precepted people in the past. And I think, you know, traveling has also changed the way that I would like to continue to precept. Um, But I think being in a med surge setting has just really set me up for success. And like, especially with, you know, traveling float pool, um, all those situations, you know, I've dealt with patients who have all sorts of issues. So I'm going to ortho, like, I've seen external fixation already. I've seen these things in med surge already. So it's just really cool. And I just feel, I feel better prepared. Granted, yeah, okay, it's not for everybody. And like, yeah, do I feel that it was a good experience to start? Yeah, definitely. Because my whole nursing career has been in med surge. Like I mm-hmm. very much like it. Um, will I probably end my career in med surge? Mo- most likely not. Mm-hmm. But the background and the experiences I've had as a med surge nurse, I think are unparalleled. And yeah. I think I feel comfortable now. Okay. Let, let's say I wanted to choose like a different specialty. So if I wanted to do hemoph or I wanted to do neuro or I wanted to do ortho, you know, I yeah. already have a, a decent baseline and, you know, like you were saying, Jack ball trades, like I know a little bit about a lot, but not like a ton about one specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can always look up and discuss and like learn and build if I'm in a situation where I need to know more about a particular subject. Yeah. And so, and it helps you later. And I really, I strongly think that med surge nursing is the way to go. The prioritization, everything. Um, yeah. And you know, every, the beauty about nursing is there's a million different things you can do in nursing. And if you don't like something you switch. And I think mm-hmm. it's just 
that's so awesome where you get, you know, oh, I've been a med surgeon nurse for a while. I want to go intensive care or I want to go outpatient. I've seen a lot of that or procedural areas, something that works better for your schedule. Yeah. Like, Nursing is a beautiful thing in that way. And I think med surge, you know, sets you up pretty well for that, where you feel like you could probably adjust to a variety of different situations you're thrown into. For sure. I, yeah, I mean, I, I can speak to that firsthand. I felt like so com- confident, like going into a, a different type of nursing having like the acute care experience under my belt, you know, it's like you, you've, it's a foundation, you know, you have so many, so many skills that you've gained from being in this field that like, yeah, if you wanted to do something else, you would soar wherever you go. No, thank you. You're going to take that, you know, as a compliment <laughs> to me, but <laughs> wow, appreciate you for that. But you know, I really, there's something to be said for that. I think, you know, that's awesome. And even like with you, you know, speaking from experience and I know you work with a lot of people I used to work with. Um, and you know, I hope it's the same situation for them. I can only imagine that it is. And mm-hmm. you just, yeah. and being able to work with a variety of different patients too, you know, you see what you like, you're like, Ooh, cardiac stuff really interests. I worked with a nurse one time. She, she was really interested in cardiac stuff. She worked, um, EMT. I think she, I don't know if she was a paramedic or worked as an EMT, but, um, cardiac, anything cardiac really interested her. And then she ended up going to critical care cardiac. And now she works as the like emergency response nurse. I think that's so great. You know, she was like, okay, this is something I'm really passionate about. And I found it and I love that. And now I'm going to pursue that. Yeah. It can definitely be a stepping stone. You know, you can figure out your niche because you see so many different things and you're like, oh, I really like these types of patients. And you go work with those types of patients. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I think it's great. Well, I think that we're going to end it here because I think we have covered so many good things about my search <laughs> and traveling. This was a great episode. I had so much fun talking to you, you Shan. Thank you for having I me on. Seeing I you. Nervous. I'm glad you're traveling, but I miss having you around. No, I miss being here, but hey, you know, you can come all visit me. I, I know, know the new baby is going to be challenging. I know, it's man. Yeah. <laughs> Littleness. She'll be whatever she wants, but I can't believe it's even been six months. Time flies. It really does. I know she's gonna be here before I know it. Well, I will thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, and I will talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. That brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in to Nursing Uncharted. To learn more about today's episode, make sure to explore the show notes at AmericanMobile.com slash NursingUncharted. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a guest. If you're a nurse interested in traveling, visit AmericanMobile.com to explore the largest database of travel nursing jobs in the industry and the amazing benefits that American Mobile has to offer. Also, a special thanks to producer Jonathan Carey, assistant producers Katie Schrauben and Sam McKay, and Aiden Dykes for the music and editing. Until next time, take care of yourself.